1: Subscribe to Trends & Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Business Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals, and tips and tricks to help you scale your business sit back grab a coffee and let's talk all things influencer marketing hey this is jamie and this is danielle and welcome to the business influencer marketing podcast episode 26.
2: Jamie, I am really excited to talk a bit more about hiring and working with contractors today. But I really want to say that before we start, one of my favorite conversations in the HQ recently was when we talked with everybody about their first job. Wasn't that fun? That's honestly my favorite thread we've had so far. I'm still a little bit jealous of Bryn, who got to work with penguins at the Mystic Aquarium. Although I'm going to ignore the part where she said that they are more bitey than cuddly because I need to kind of keep that fantasy going. In my
1: head. (laughs) Who had your favorite job? So I'm not going to lie, Bryn's comment made me laugh so hard, especially when she talked about the blowholes. Oh my God. Um, And I do love Bryn. She is awesome. Um, I really liked Robbie Samuels. He was talking basically that he was essentially an entrepreneur from like a very young age and how he learned selling. And I thought that was kind of cool how that sort of translated into what he does now. Um, awesome. it, it was so much fun because I really like getting to know everybody in the HQ. We're not, you know, just talking about business. Um, and it also let all of us sort of reminisce about stuff from our youth, which I loved. And I, I I, had no idea that you worked at a music box store. So I need to hear a little more about that. You don't want to hear any of it. It took probably years
2: for the music box soundtrack to stop playing in all of my dreams. I can sum it up by simply saying there were so many carousel horses in my life at that time. So many.
1: That That's terrifying. Danielle. I know. I know. So this was fun. I want, I want more random facts about people. So I feel like I want to hear about everybody's first car. Cause I feel like people have the best first car stories. What was yours? <laughs> So my my first car was a 1981 Honda Civic Hatchback nicknamed the Roller Skate. It was painted with all kinds of crazy stuff. It did not have power steering. So if you could imagine small 17-year-old Jamie trying to like literally parallel park this thing using all of my non-existent upper body strength, <laughs> it was so bad that when I took my driver's license test, it was so hard to turn into parallel park that I just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth but I never touched the cones. And I did it so many times that the driving instructor or the guy who was testing me said, just go, you passed.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. I love it.
1: What was yours?
2: I had a silver Plymouth Sundance, which I named Sancho. So it was Sancho the Silver Sundance. And like most 17-year-old girls, I of course had stickers all over the back. I believe at the time it was, I I know I had a Dr. Seuss sticker of some sort that I believe I got at a Lollapalooza (laughs) One yes. year. And, oh my God. I'm so That's dating amazing. myself. And then I think I had some Aladdin stickers
1: as well. So it was pretty fancy. I had a Sesame Street sticker, I seem to recall. <laughs> I had some ban I had a Jane's addiction sticker, which my mom was highly offended about. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. She's like, I cannot believe you put that on the car. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so I can't that wait to hear everybody else's first cars. Is awesome.
2: Yeah. I, and especially if you had stickers, please tell us because we need to know <laughs> what everyone had on their yes. bumps.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, before we jump in, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Hashtag Legal. Hashtag Legal is a full-service law firm specializing in influencer marketing, social media, and service professionals. We offer a wide range of services, contract review and drafting, trademark and copyright registration and monitoring, FTC advice and disclosures, and full site reviews, including drafting site terms and conditions and privacy policies. Check us out at www.hashtag-legal.com.
2: Welcome back. Last week, we talked with Shelly Warren all about hiring. And Jamie, I am super excited. I got to see Shelly at Social Media Marketing World last week, which was amazing. And we want to give a huge shout out to Shelly because she just launched her own podcast called Stack Team, and it has more of her amazing tips. So run over, listen to all of the episodes. She's fantastic. And in the interview that we did with Shelly, she gave us a great framework on hiring. And now we know a whole lot of people are probably thinking, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's make the first hire. But then they stop and think, wait, what happens next?
1: I'm so jealous you got to see Shelly. <laughs> She's so awesome. I love her. We've definitely been getting a lot of inquiries uh, about people in the influencer marketing space who are starting hiring. Um, and for the most part, when someone decides that they're going to hire, they start by hiring part-time independent contractors. So we wanted to dedicate an episode to talking about working with contractors.
2: You may hear independent contractors referred to a whole lot of ways, contractors, consultants, freelancers, or even 1099ers. But typically this refers to an independent contractor. And it's really important to know the difference when we're talking about employees versus contractors, because if you misclassify, that can mean trouble with the IRS and no one wants that.
1: And workers comp too. There's loads of ways that you can have an issue if you don't classify your employees and independent contractors correctly. So let's start with the definition. An independent contractor is a person or a business, because it could be somebody who's formed an LLC, who's providing a service to another entity. And the terms of that service or are typically agreed to in a contract. An independent contractor is self-employed. They're paid as a freelancer, which means the contractor is required to pay all taxes associated with its position and its work.
2: Some examples of independent contractors that you will likely encounter as an online business owner are virtual assistants, graphic designers, social media managers, content contributors, freelance writers, or even coaches. So it totally seems simple.
1: (laughs) And we get this question all the time, right? And it It is sometimes, but sometimes it's not because what the confusing part is, is when we talk about the difference between an employee or a contractor. And so the easiest way for us to describe the difference is to really talk about what the IRS considers when determining if someone's an employee or a contractor. One thing we also want to note though, is this can also be very state specific. So if you have a question, we would always recommend that you talk to an attorney who's licensed in the state where you live so they can give you advice based on your state's law as well.
2: So the way that we're going to break this down is to look at some of the questions that you want to consider when you are classifying somebody. So the first question is, who controls how and when the job is done. So an independent contractor typically is in charge of his or her own hours. They may work with multiple clients unless you've agreed to some type of exclusivity in the contract. They work outside of the company's main offices and they complete the project with minimal supervision from the company.
1: So in contrast to that, an employee is typically under direct supervision from the company. They work specific hours, say nine to three, nine to five, whatever those hours are. And the employee does not control how when the job is done. The
2: next question is who controls how the work is compensated? If it's an independent contractor, typically the contractor pays all applicable taxes. The contractor is paid the amount agreed to by the parties in full with no deductions. And they are typically
1: responsible for the cost of doing business, such as supplies or equipment. And an employee, anybody who's gone to work for a company is an employee. You receive a net salary and you know all those deductions, right? With taxes for social security, income tax, all the applicable taxes that come out. Sometimes as an employee, you're reimbursed for business expenses. The employer may provide you with a, typically will provide you with a computer. Um, If you travel for your job, they will typically reimburse you for that and you'll use supply and equipment provided by the company.
2: The next thing to look at is what kind of relationship have the parties agreed to? An independent contractor typically enters into a written agreement with the company that states an independent contractor relationship is being formed. So that agreement is specific about... The fact that, yes, I'm signing on as an independent contractor. A contractor typically doesn't receive benefits associated with employment, such as vacation or a pension plan. And a contractor does not perform a key piece
1: of the company's business. An employer is hired specifically as an employee. So you may have an employment agreement or you may have an offer of employment, and they will submit the applicable IRS paperwork to the hiring company. So all the forms that you fill out when you are hired as an employee. Typically, an employee receives benefits associated with employment like vacation or pension plans, 401k, and an employee also performs or contributes to a key piece of the company's business.
2: Those are some of the main things that you will look at to determine how to classify someone. And we cannot state this enough. You will hear us say this all the time. It doesn't matter what the contractor is doing. If they're only working a couple of hours a month for you, you need to enter into an agreement with them. This is so important to set out the terms of the relationship.
1: And the other thing we want to point out is if you enter into a, an agreement with your independent contractor, which as we've said, you always should. And we are going to talk about some important terms of an independent contractor agreement. But just because you enter into an employment, enter into an independent contractor agreement with someone doesn't mean that they will be classified. You have to look at all of the questions that we've detailed and really do the analysis on each factor to see whether or not the person is an employee or an independent contractor. Now that we've talked about those differences, we want to talk about some of the most important terms in an independent contractor agreement. The first term is independent contractor status. Any agreement for an independent contractor should clearly define the contractor status. It should state that the contractor is responsible for payment of all taxes and that they are a contractor and not an employee. And it may also include provisions about who's responsible for providing materials and equipment and acknowledgement that the contractor is not eligible for employee benefits and whether the contractor is responsible for payment of expenses. And if the expenses will be reimbursed, what types of expenses those could be.
2: The next thing we want to make sure you have in your contract is payment terms. Make sure you include the amount to be paid, how the contractor will be paid, whether an invoice is required prior to payment and how long it will take the contractor to receive their payment. Remember, an independent contractor is not an employee. So this is typically not going to be a salaried position. Payment is made in full without any deductions for taxes or employee benefits. It's entirely the contractor's responsibility to make payments for those taxes.
1: Another provision that needs to be clear in an independent contractor agreement is the termination provision. How do you end the contract? So if either party needs to terminate prior to the end date, because typically a contract will have some kind of end date. Make sure it's clear how to do that and be sure and track what logins your contractor has. In the event of a termination, you want to be sure you can quickly change passwords and you can get all of your confidential information back from your contractor. The next piece that
2: we want to include that Jamie just touched on was confidentiality. Make sure it's clear what's considered
1: confidential. It's also a great place to discuss how information should be stored and used. And finally, in this one, I say the more detail, the better. You wanna outline your deliverables. Everything should be listed that of everything that you're expected to get back from the independent contractor, timing of when you want it back, the specifics of the deliverables so that there's no question whether or not the independent contractor has met those deliverables.
2: Remember, if you need a DIY template for your independent contractor agreement, we do offer one in the businesses store. It's got everything that we mentioned here. Visit businesses.com
1: contractor to learn more. And as always, if you have any questions about the episode, you can always ask us in the HQ. Visit businessese.com slash HQ to join if you aren't already a member. And we really want to know all about your first car. So let us know. And the stickers, the stickers are key. Let us <laughs> yes. know in the
2: HQ. We want to hear. And you can get show notes for this episode at com slash episode 26. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessese.com. We'd really love to hang out with you on our Facebook group, the Business Ease HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week.
0: You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.